Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping, alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. We are here with Farron Lucero, who is a longtime uh, fellow, I would say, announcer friend, um, has been involved in the sport of roping rodeo, this industry for a long time. Um, I don't tell you how long I've known Farron, because I feel like I've known Farron since I was a little girl and at the U.S. Team Rovings. But uh, Farron, thanks for coming to the show today. Hey, Jordan. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. And yes, it, I've known you a long time. I was doing that when you asked me to do this uh, podcast with you. I was kind of going back into some times. I was like, golly, we were at uh, Roping in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And it was about two or three o'clock in the morning. And what's funny is your sister, Riley, she fell asleep on my shoulder while I was announcing. For <laughs> you asking me, what do you do for fun? And uh, I was like, you had to have been 13. 12 or 13 years old. So yes, it's been a long time. <laughs> what was your answer? What do you do for fun, Baron? You know, I, I, I remember you asking me that and I was like, I didn't even have an answer for it. So if you asked me that, <laughs> hey, still doing a lot of the same, just trying to find, uh, find that fun. But yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, and to say the least, those of you who know my sister, she is a very shy individual. And so for you to be the person that she would allow to hold her and yeah. or well, she was just sitting down by me and then she fell asleep with her head on my shoulder <laughs> while I was announcing. I was we were in the announcer stand and I was just like, OK, because it was like okay. two o'clock in the morning and she had had enough. <laughs> you know, it was so funny. Poor I Riley. We were like, we were diehard. Those were the Kitty Zamora ropings in Las Vegas. They had them almost every weekend. And it was like where I have so many stories about (laughs) those trips, which has been good. But poor Riley, you know, we, my mom and I, we gung ho, you know, we're going to rope every day and get after it. And we lived and died by the team roping. And we'd, we'd ask Riley every day, you want to rope? She'd be like, again, you know and now i mean she's one of the best women women headers and ropers there is ropes breakaway too but yeah it's uh it's come a a long ways but those are the sweet memories that you look back and it doesn't seem like it was that long ago it wasn't it wasn't i was wow i was still in college everything I i was just starting out so i've been doing this about 20 years now yeah well, I, some of my fondest memories of you, I remember, you know, the U.S. finals, U.S. TRC team ropings. That was kind of where I started. And, and you know, that was a big part of my life, team roping as I was growing up. Uh, and so you and Ben Clements, the U.S. finals, that was like a huge week, you know. And I remember, you know, Arky Keeney was one of the fundamental guys in there mm-hmm. and just all the things and just the the styles of, of announcing and you know, that's one thing that I really loved about team roping is the guys like you guys make it of an event and a production and it is fun and it's the music is blaring and your heart is pumping and, you know, during the short rounds and then even, you know, team roping, if those of you who don't know, can be similar to watching paint dry. So uh, we got to keep it fun somehow. And, and you guys were always able to do that. And I really loved that and wanted to bring that into the breakwear opening. And, and uh, we've we've gotten that accomplished now. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's big, you know, the sported team roping, sported breakaway roping, uh, you know, it's still for the big part of team roping, it's real recreational. And I remember Archie Kinney, he used to tell me, he says, it doesn't matter if it's team one or 1001, you sound excited, you be excited and you do the best job. And then he says, you always sit up, you act like you belong 
and uh, you put on a show. And he says, because this is what people come to do uh, outside of it. This is what how they want to spend their money. He yeah. said, you don't want them to go buy in a bass boat and uh, go fishing. Yeah. He says, you want them to come team up with you. And uh, so, you know, having him as a mentor, he was really big and instrumental. I still, I've got guys that want to get into announcing and I parrot everything that Archie Kinney told me because I, that's what I did. I, I listened. I don't, if, if I catch myself slouching, I still hear him say, come on, son, act like you've been there, you know, because he would always get on to me about stuff like that. Hey, uh, you're going too slow. You're not, nobody can understand you, you know, hold the mic back, you know, it's just always on me to be, be the best. And uh, listening to that and following his pattern really uh, helped out a bunch for me, but it's, it's that paying attention and being aware, mm -hmm. but yeah, taking care of people's uh, the biggest thing. And it's gotta be fun. There's so much money involved. I, I don't like going to sit in an events and it's boring. And yeah. I think the announcer and the music have a big part of it. Your production staff, obviously, they got to be pushing cattle and calves up and making it roll. But uh, if you don't have fun, it's uh, you're probably in the wrong seat. Well, and Arky, I feel like he's been so instrumental in so many people in and out of the rodeo arena. You know, I was I was able to stay at his house almost every year at the college rodeo in Portales, New Mexico. He would mm -hmm. he would host me there and. You know, I have nightmares about some of the things like, you know, I can still hear him saying no tempo or over the head of the intended receiver and yes, the team opens and but he'll forever be somebody that has been instrumental in our sport. And he truly did invest in the youth of this sport. And, uh, you know, growing it up, whether it was team roping, rodeo, you know, breakaway, whatever it may be. He loved kids and 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 just like you, you know, huge mentor in you and that's passing on down to you. And so talk a little bit about how you've seen that evolve in our industry and in our sport, just, you know, really planting those seeds in the youth and, and evolving, you know, in our industry. Well, you take a look at, you know, I, I can go back to when I was growing up and wanting to rope and there was not there was not that many people. You had the one or two guys that were eight healers locally that you would try to go and uh you know jump in with and hopefully they would tell you how to how to rope or what to do but for the youth it, and it doesn't matter this industry this western industry where it's team open breakaway whatever it be there's somebody there to help you now there's some mm -hmm. you got to watch out for <laughs> but for the most part they're you know they're wanting to tell you what they did to get themselves to this next level. So you're just watching these kids. I see it on the, on the team roping side, you got 10, 11 year old kids. All of a sudden they're packing five and six cards and they're little old guys and they're legit because what do you do with them? Cause they know how to catch. Mm -hmm. And then once they get a little stronger, just physically stronger, you, you know, they're nines and tens and they're not even 17. Um, so you see a lot of that. Uh, you see, a lot of the horsemanship, it's gotten a lot better. I think people, uh, these coaches like yourself, uh, when you get a hold of these people uh, and these students, you know, you work on horsemanship. Hey, yeah, you're real talented with a rope. That's great. But you got another partner with you. Uh, but what I've seen is I just seen people helping each other more, I guess, or that opportunity to help yourself out more has really, really evolved and really changed things in my opinion yeah. from what I see. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's something we've all seen is, is every event, you know, it used to be, I'm going to say a decade ago, you know, even five years ago, it used to be to where you had, you know, a handful of big events throughout the year that you went to, whether it was team ropings, breakaways, rodeos, whatever it was, you know, there was always that pro rodeo thing going on, but behind the scenes for anybody else, there was just a handful of events. You took some time off, you know, it, it was more of a hobby and a recreational sport than it is now it's it's a career and you're seeing it as a career for these youth kids i mean 10 year olds 11 year olds 12 year olds i mean even down to six seven eight whatever i mean the competitive and the level of competition in these in these kids rising up is just through the roof and like you said the help and everything and so that's something that i think is exciting to see and and you know i i know we're partial here but we're touching on the sport of women in rodeo we just got done at the wrwc Man, phenomenal event for women in rodeo. There was 60000 to the winner of each event and equal money in the team roping. Um, 
you know, four girls walked away on Saturday afternoon with 60,000 in their pocket. I mean, and more than that, because they, they placed throughout the week and stuff like that. And you, you got to be a part of that event. You were there all week long. Uh, you were there from the start, from the cowgirl gathering. You, you ran that, you were the, the MC there, the announcer all week. You saw these girls rope, you know, I walked up there and I, I heard you and, and you're, you're always somebody I'm like, Oh, good parents here. You know? So I heard you announce and I went up there and watched with you a little bit and, Man, just the the level of competition, like we talked about, the numbers had doubled from the year before. Um, but the level of competition, man, these girls, they're stepping it up. Like there's not very many girls that don't don't rope great anymore in all of in all the faucets. So talk a little bit about that and be involved in the women's rodeo finals and the week of of the cowgirl gathering and all those things that led up to that. Yeah, you know, we'll start with the cowgirl gathering. They had uh, an all-girl uh, team roping. Obviously, on it was on Monday, and then the breakaway to follow that. But that uh, that that all girl roping had I think it was like five thousand dollars added. And the year before, they had one hundred and twenty teams, and this year, two hundred and forty six teams. It was uh, an unbelievable day. Girls from all over uh, came to participate and rope. Um, and uh, then we followed that up with uh, a breakaway, a challenger breakaway, an open breakaway. And those girls showed up. I think we had 92 in the open and maybe 95 or six in that challenger. And, yeah, the level of competition is, is, is mind-boggling. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's such a tight race that, you know, a lot of these girls, it's anybody's going to be anybody's game. And then we go into that Women's Rodeo World Championships. And that was uh, the first time I've announced that event. Uh, Lindsay Rosser Sumter, the commissioner for that is one of the, she's the right one for the job. She's a spitfire. I mean, I want to say say it out loud. Yeah. She's uh, she's the right one for it. You know, there's, uh, she, she has a heart for people. She knows the industry. She knows how it works and runs. And she, uh, she just knows, she just knows the deal. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see what she does with it, but getting to watch, uh, the barrel racing, uh, you know, I've never paid attention to horses much before. And here in the last year, I really have, and we'll touch more on that a little later, but the, the breakaway and then the team roping, uh, all great opportunities for these ladies to go and compete and show. It was really cool to see uh, Tammy West white out of California over there. Yeah. Uh, it's really neat to to see her because she was one of the. Uh, I mean, she was a one she's of the a first. Yeah, yeah, and still one of the best. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, she was like she never lost a step. Uh, she's phenomenal. But um, with that opportunity in that weekend, just that weekend, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars paid out in women's rodeo, mm-hmm. um, and you know it's uh, it's it's an opportunity that I think the ladies really need to really look at and study, uh, figure out the game and play the game. Because I tell you right now, no one's playing that game better than Martha Angeloni. She knows how to nominate. She knows where to go. She knows this or that. And then she's good at delayed gratification. She'll go all year long, just picking here, there, and there. And then she knows the day's coming. And I really think that's a, a big big uh, part of her strategy is just knowing that day's coming. Yeah. But well, yeah, and, opportunity for everybody. Anybody can play that way. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so cool. You know, I want to go back and talk about Tammy West for a second. Uh, she was one of the first ladies that, that bought her card and actually she roped with her now husband and uh, it was Tammy West. And I remember she was this blonde bombshell that came in there and Mm -hmm. you know threw from a coil back and when I was a little girl it was her and Beverly Robbins were the only two ladies that really had stepped up to that level and and stuck their neck out there and were like hey I want to compete with the boys you know and so now it's so neat to see this all come full circle and we have our own women's event and you know there's like you said there there needs to be more women that play because it's a great thing y'all and the money is there it's consistent it's they do what they say they're going to do Um, And so I think that that's so cool. But I want to ask you, you know, you've seen it from all sides. You've seen a little bit of the rodeo breakaway um, industry a little bit now, you know, announcing some of these women's events. But you've also seen women team rope consistently and consecutively through the U.S., through the World Series, through all of those things. So 
talk to me a little bit about how you've seen that grow. You know, we talk about Tammy West, you know, I don't even know if it was a decade ago or so. It was when I was like 12, 13. So that's maybe a little bit more than that, but uh, just how it's evolved and women are stepping up and they have this, the horsemanship, they have the drive, they have all the things to be a champion in and out of the arena. So talk about how you've seen that evolve um, over the last couple of decades. Yeah, you know, here in just the last few years, I remember World Series did a, a story, I think it was in the Team Roping Journal, and it was talking about the female ropers and um, how much money that they're winning from the sport. I've been to some of these ropings where you'll be at a number 12 roping, and these girls are packing six cards, six elite cards, head cards. And you'll see first, second, third, all females in an, a 12-5, 13 point. Um, you know, there's, uh, some of those girls have hit, a, you know, they'll hit that seven head card for, for, for a bit and that, you know, they hit a, hit a pretty good stride. And then on the backside, on the heel side, you've got, uh, girls like, uh, Riley Smith and Lorraine Moreno and Caitlin Torres. Um, and then at the top, Jimmy Joe Montera and then Whitney DeSalvo, and you just have all these, and these, all these girls have really figured this deal out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do have the horsemanship. They do have the ability. Uh, you know, I think too, you go take a look at the rope makers. They may be using a different rope because the girl's not as strong right here in the shoulders. So they go get a little lighter rope and something that they can get fast and get that speed and, and handle it. And I think, uh, that the rope manufacturers and those companies in this industry have really watched that and paid attention to it. Um, and, uh, have, have created some things to help help in that uh so that we all because we're all trying to find the edge right and uh whether it's a horse whether it's a rope whether it's a partner uh whatever it may be and i think people just especially women they just started paying attention and saying all right this is how you do it this is how you win and and uh you boys just do your best we'll see you we'll see at the pay window (laughs) so it's it's just that that learning curve and then again the coaches you got the the uh uh, sally and sydney ball out of virginia they come down here and i believe uh you know they're hanging around around glenn rose i think uh, kevin stewart's been integral and helping them girls out um they've just really a lot of these ropers have just invested that time and you know, with these opportunities, with these high paying events, you know, it makes sense to go and try to, to go win 10, 15, 20, 30, 60,000, because mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a, it's a viable, viable option. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's one of the, the things that I just come back to that's so neat is it is an option. Like that wasn't, it was, a, it was a one time, two time a year thing, you know, five, 10 years ago. Now it is a, it's a, a monthly option almost. I mean, these World Series team ropings, uh, the WRWC events, all the things that we have been given, the American, the pro rodeos. I mean, there's options now. And that is so cool to see. Yeah. And it's happened so fast uh, is one of the neatest things. But I agree with you when you're talking about Martha. Like she has it figured out and, and she's she is a true champion in and out of the arena. But, you know, she came from Virginia and she's one of my good friends, but she didn't have it handed to her. You know, she's done the work and she's put in the time and the investment and she's figured it out. And she went to a lot of places that most people wouldn't go, you know, and it's it's paid off and, and it continues to show. And, you know, one thing I love about her is she hasn't changed a bit since since she's become a world champion, PRCA, world champion women's rodeo finals. Um, she hasn't changed a bit. I mean, she's, she's maybe a little cleaner now. She brushes her hair, but other than that, um, she's still through and through. So that's what I love to see about our sport. Yeah. I hope she never changes because she's cool. I just like her. She's a, she's a tenacious athlete. I have a competitor. She goes, um, Kelsey Domer was so cool to see her step. Really cool too is to see Cassidy Dennison out mm-hmm. there. I mean, mm-hmm. Cassidy still has some nice pro horses. I mean, amazing. Yeah. And uh, she's like, well, let's do the breakaway, too. So now she can go for an all around type title with, you know, um, and that that whole group of girls is just taking it to the next level. And what's neat is when you mention those names, people that you got, they've got the name recognition also. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's creating a lot of uh, a lot of press, too, uh, for guys and girl competitors. It's awesome. Well, and you guys are instrumental in that playing that piece and, and helping us as far as athletes. You know, it, it takes a whole 
thing to make all the world go round, right? There's so many moving parts and the production side of it, the announcers, the the sound, all of the things are an instrumental part in making it a show, just like Archie would say. And so having it as a production and having it as a show, it, it does pay off. But, you know, how cool was it too to see like you, you touched on Cassie Dennison and Bailey Bates. They came in in the breakaway from the challenger side of it, which challenger meaning nothing other than, you know, they didn't maybe compete as much or anything. They didn't have the money, money whatever their circumstances yeah. were that they weren't. I mean, it, no, no deeming anything. So they came through all those things and still won 25,000, 15,000. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing feat to be a woman in rodeo and have that opportunity. And like you said, now she's running barrels and I'm thinking, crap, what's she going to show up with next year? Like I'm even going to team rope next year. Cause I'm like, man, I need to step it up. There's well, all around points here. Well, why? Yeah. Why not? Cause what Martha grabbed $20,000 just for the all around title. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, why, why wouldn't you? So there's, there's that opportunity. And, you know, talking about that production, let's touch on that briefly. Like those, those individuals behind the scenes. So Chris Rankin and I announced it and Chris Rankin does a lot of the PBRs phenomenal announcer. That guy is awesome. I love working with this guy behind the scenes. There's a gentleman there, uh, Kurt Blake. He's been there for Many since since PBR started, he's got a lot of knowledge. Uh, they had Taylor Bell's running the music. She does a lot for the PBR. Um, you've got you've got these crews. A lot of some of their crews are from Canada. Some are forty people on staff that are running behind the scenes, making sure the pyro works, making sure the announcers are getting the information they need, tabulating the scores, tabulating points. And all this stuff is coming through around 30, 40 people just. It's not no small production. We've got mm-hmm. the Cowtown Coliseum. You've got the big that uh, the run a show sheet when we're going through there and you've got to hit your. I like to go off the cuff and be all right. You know, I can do this or that, but you better be sure to uh, cue in that Hall of Fame and set that Hall of Fame video up. Uh, so they women's rodeo world championships. They did really impressive yeah. to make it special for those that are competing because they do it for anybody and everybody. So I really want to say, uh, really recognize all those people behind the scenes because it is, it does take a big team. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, you have been involved in since the beginning, it's a production and it's the team, it's the people that you work with behind the scenes. And that's what makes it all worth it. But one thing I want to throw it back to you a little bit is we know you as fair and the announcer, uh, you know, team roper guy, all these things you've, you've done the three-star memorial for us one time. I was like, parent, I've got 200 girls. I need you to get this done. And you were like, no problem. Got it. That's right. Uh, Forgot yeah. we did that years ago. That- yeah. So that was super fun. Uh, and then, you know, now you're, now you're, you're going off, you're branching off and you're doing some cool new things. So talk to me a little bit, like who is Farron behind the mic? Um, tell me a little bit about him. Well, that guy's pretty cool. The guy <laughs> off the mic, nobody even knows. Yeah, well, the guy behind the microphone's got a way different personality than the guy that doesn't. I kind of just mesh in with the crowd. You know, this ha- this happened even when I was in college. I was the floor announcer for the basketball and volleyball teams at uh, in Patalis. And once it was over, we'd go to a, a little social function, and everyone's like, yeah, hey, that, that, what do you guys think of that announcer? And they're like, oh, that guy's awesome, da-da-da. And they're like, well, this is him. And they're like, no, that ain't him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not six five, uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that guy behind the microphone's fun. It's been a blessing for me. I've been at it for twenty plus years now. Uh, but as anything, you know, if you want to, I I like the growth part of things, and mm-hmm. I want to be that guy that can jump in front of a crowd and speak. I want to be an eloquent public speaker. I want to be. Uh, if they need anything, I'm, I'm the one they call. I'm the one that they think of. So what I've done is I've kind of branched out into more of the emceeing events, being a, a public speaker. I've even jumped in with uh, doing some auctions, benefit auctions. I'm uh, not the best yet at that, but I'm damn sure going to work my way to, towards it. That's been one of my big goals right there. I want to get really good at that. But my deal has always been communication, whether that's verbal uh, whether that, you know, when people are, are taking a look at your body language, I've been real critical on myself and, and I've had people video me just so I can see 
what I do that I don't know I do. And like one of the things I critique is if I get in a high pressure situation and I'm shoulders tend to come forward and then you kind of hunch over, um, sway or, you know, it's just, it's just trying to figure out those parts. It's just like you back in the boat or my, where can I make up time? Where can I be sharper? How can I be faster? Uh, with, with what I do with this, this craft is all right, go ahead and pause. Don't rush it. Take your time. Don't sway. Don't hunch your shoulders and make eye contact. And, uh, so for me, that's, that's fun. I like to, I, I want to be one of those that can stand up in front of that crowd and deliver a message that is correct, that is truthful. And that when you open it up for conversation, you've got all, you've got all the answers, most of them. And if you can't, you know how to find them, but that's kind of more or less what I've been doing. It's still entertainment. Uh, the benefit auctions, uh, your personality with it have fun with the crowd and it's something that is just a little different than the announcing. What, what helps me is having a microphone and having that confidence. But I've uh, been very fortunate to have some of the best world in the auction world, best in the horse sale auction, help me give me pointers and more opportunities to get out on the block to sell. And, you know, I'm very, a lot of those, those people will be listening. So I, I can't name them all because I leave somebody out and I, I'd hate to do that. But being able to learn something new, Jordan, has been, uh, it's been, that's what makes life fun for me. Well, and I love that because as I'm sitting here listening to you, uh, I, I'm taking notes too. So I feel like I'm getting a life coaching session as well. But uh, sitting here listening to you, like there's conviction in your heart. And that's one thing that I've always you know, really respected and admired about you is you, there's a lot of conviction in what you do and you're passionate about it and you want to be the best at it. You know, I've, I've received that from you from the moment I met you, you know, and, and you're determined. And so I think it's so neat that your heart is, you know, evolving into, Hey, I want to be the best at what I'm doing. I want to have conviction. I want to have this confidence. I want to be aware, you know, I'm sitting here as you're talking about your body language Man, I'm like, I'm, I was sitting, I was a little slouched. I'm like, sit up. Gosh, like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? But it is so true. And, and it's like, without you knowing, you know, I'm sitting here thinking when I'm in those pressure situations, what is my body language? How am I reacting? And then what signals is that sending in my brain? You know, and I think that there's so much, we've, we've talked about this on the show several times about confidence and what is confidence and how do you have it? And, you know, I think some point we're all looking for the quick fix to have it and keep it. And I heard Trevor Brazil say one time, you know, confidence is really hard to get and really easy to lose. And I thought, mm -hmm. Man, like that, that guy has the most gold buckles ever. And, and he's saying that, you know, and so I think that that's been so instrumental in me is learning and just like you, how you're talking about it, how it works for you and what you, what your foundation is. So expand on that a little bit for me, because I am very yeah. intrigued by, you know, what is your foundation of, I know Arky was instrumental in that as you talked in the beginning, but you know, what do you come back to when you're in these new situations you're like you said, you're learning, you're not the best yet, but you're getting there. Uh, right. But how do you walk into a new situation and maintain that confidence, that poise, that body language when you really don't know everything you're doing yet? You know, it's, there's a saying and I can't I wish I could quote it perfectly, but I can't. I come across it the other day. And um, but the saying is pretty much, you know, you got to put the work in. You get under pressure. You don't, don't fall to the level of your aspirations. You fall to the level of your training, something like that. Okay. So we all aspire to be the best, but we're going to get in a situation where we're going to be very uncomfortable and we may have already failed. And now we're, we're dusting ourselves off. So how are we, how, and we still have to come back. We still have to, we still have to perform. And uh, I, I tell you, Jordan, one of the biggest things uh, a few years ago, I was so in my head, about there's just a lot of things going on and I was doing a lot of reading, a lot of just soul searching. And the biggest thing that helped me and it's continued to help me and it's uh, constant now is that if, if we really knew 
how powerful our thoughts are. We would never let one negative one slip by us. And that takes training. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause we're, it's that self-critic in us. I don't belong here. I've got so-and-so behind me. I've got, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I, there's no way I can do this. Who am I to think I'm capable? And those are very, very treacherous thoughts. Mm-hmm. Those are, you know, so I, I interviewed somebody once and there, I said, what's the last thing that goes through your mind when you wrote? She says, well, you should said something before how problem solvers don't have problems. So I say, solve the problem, solve mm-hmm. the problem. That's the last thing that goes. Now, if you miss a person misses, what's the last, you know, if, if you consistently miss, what's the last thing going through your mind? Some of them are like, well, don't miss. Well, that's the worst thing you could ever possibly do. Yeah. You know, solve the problem. You got to, it, it's, it is, it seems mystical and this or that, but there's so much to it. You know, there's a, there's a Bible verse and I've had this Bible verse since I was in high school and it's, um, it's Ephesians 5, 4. Don't let anything dirty, foolish, or filthy come from your mouth. Just say how thankful you are. Mm-hmm. And that goes for your thoughts, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, you've, you've, got, you've got to put in the time. You can have the best thoughts in the world, but if you're not getting with it, uh, if you're not backed in a box and you're not trying to practice correctly, you've got problems. Every morning, I go through a set of, uh, numbers for auctioning. So I don't forget my numbers when I'm rolling and I go and I sit for 30 minutes every day and I've turned on, I found this guy on YouTube and I like what he does and I like his style. And I, I sit there and I just follow him. And then I go and, uh, blessed enough that, uh, Kelly Tilly one day told me I need to call Trent Ward. I call Trent Ward. I go help him on his uh, Wednesday sales. Uh, he just lets me sell all the tack. And uh, I get up there and I say, Trent, how am I doing? I'm doing all right, Bubba. You just keep on going. A few weeks later, hey, I'm going to start paying you. You're doing good, <laughs> you know. But mm-hmm. you show up and you put yourself in those situations and then you just make up your mind that you're going to be, you're going to belong. And this getting into this auction deal has been really helpful for me because they don't, they don't know fair and necessarily the announcer. This is just some guy and he's playing with my money. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, so I've had to sit up. I've had to look, I've had to know when they yell, yell back at me, I messed up and they're mad about it, how to handle that situation and say, no, I'm the auctioneer. This is what we're going to do. And you do it in a way that's uh, respectful because you're still dealing with a man's money. But the biggest thing for me is showing up, do things on purpose and practice, 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 practice consistency. But always when it comes down to that pressure, it's always right there, right between your ears. It's the mind. And mm-hmm. that's got to be practiced too. Like I, if I, if I let a thought come through my mind and it's negative, I'm like, no, that's not me. That's not me. I'm thinking the opposite thought right away. I'm going to address it because I'm not going to let mm-hmm. it slip. And that's for the last four or five years, Jordan, that's really kind of been my game and what I've been doing. I, uh, I'll sit down and I'll write my goals out, uh, during the week, you know, on the day. It, it, and when I keep that consistent, my gosh, I, I'm looking at a dream board that's across from me right now that, I have me and my kids do that. And I'm looking just to see what I've done. And there's about five items I can cross off right now that I, I hadn't come and I, I read it every day, but I hadn't crossed off, but it's, it's that intentional. It's taking it from the mind and putting it on the paper. Also, that's why writing those goals are so important, so important, but you have to put in the work. You can't, you have to have it all and you have to find out what works for you. What works for Trevor is not going to work for, uh, Luke Branquino. What works for Luke is not going to work for, you know, the, there's some consistencies there where they put in the work and the practice and they do the mental game, but it, we got, we, we got to know ourselves so well that we find all the nuances. It's that awareness that you were talking about a little bit where you are aware. It's just like when I talk to people, I, I kind of just like to see where they're at, you know, it's just, and you can tell in their body language, you can tell how they, how they respond to you. And it's like, all right, well, you know, how, how, how can I help this person? Or where, where, where do I go from here? Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's just that uh, the big part of it, that 
is awareness, just being aware, kind of stepping out of that matrix and not just going through life, living on default. Because when you do that, you get what life gives you default. Right. <laughs> and that's why being so intentional, I, I've got about three things. I've, I've got so much going on and I'm like, well, if everything's, everything's important, nothing's important. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, I'm really going to hone this in because I need my top three. There's three things I want to do because I'm starting to, uh, I'm not old, but we're running out of time if I'm going to hit some of these marks. And right. I've been messing around, not being intentional because I'm right. serious about the last four years. Things have been good, but it's all, a lot of it's default, this or that. Last four years, Jordan, I've had more opportunities. I've had more people call. I've had more people say, man, what's different about you? What, what are you doing? What, you know, hey, man, can you come announce this? And it's something that's big. And I'm just like, wow, dang right, I can do it. Yeah. And uh, because now, I'm, now I'm not, I'm, everybody told me I could, but I didn't believe it. And mm-hmm. until I believed it is when it started, here comes the blessings. But you've got to find it for yourself. You know, it's one of those deals. Nobody's going to come save you. There's like it's two things. The bad news is nobody's going to save you. And the other good news is you got a chance to save yourself. And yeah. that's it. And the minute you learn how to do that, that's when you start finding that sweet spot. That's when you start. You, no, no excuses. No more. It's like, well, you, you, you messed that up. Yeah, I did. This is what I'm going to do to fix it right now. And they don't, they don't think nothing. Take a look at. Uh, Martha Angeloni this last weekend, her breakaway open, she'd give anything to have those calves back. Mm-hmm. She leaves there with $60,000 team roping. Why? Because she doesn't think she, she knows she deserves to win. Yeah. And so she finds a way to win. Yeah. And uh, she never, never once just come. Oh. She leaves there with 80,000, 85. Cause if that's just my count. 60,000 on the head side, 20,000 for the all around and 5,000 for uh, uh, something else that she did is $85,000 is what I, that was awarded to her. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, and she didn't have a very good weekend uh, breakaway rope, but you know what? It didn't bother her. She knows she can win. And that's studying people like that. And uh, that consistently have that sustained success. They don't, they, they just do things different, way different. They think different, mm-hmm. way different. Well, and, and that's I'm looking at a I'm looking at my board right here. And there's uh-huh. deals that think differently. Mm-hmm. Change change my thought patterns. Self mastery. Think differently in that order. And that's what I that's 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 what I do. Well, and there's so many things I want to dive into on there. As I'm sitting here, I, I I have, I just ordered a vision board. Haven't done anything with it yet. It's literally sitting on my desk, but I'm sitting here thinking how cool would it be to have a vision board and then a, you know, I don't know whether it's a completed board, accomplished board, whatever, because it's like, I think sometimes you can get caught up in striving or I can getting caught up in striving like this, 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 you cross it off, cross it off. Well, then it's like sometimes you look up and you forgot how far you've come. And so I think maybe I'll get another board because I'm going to have two. like this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And this is where we this is how far we've come, you know, just to remind yourself, hey, I got that. You know, I got this. We've got this. Um, But a few key words that like really just pierce me in the heart. You're intentional. You made your mind up. And you know, you deserve to be there. Right. Those three things. I was just like, yes, you know that. And, you know, one thing I loved about it is you're like, what works for you? And I think no matter what, you know, that's one thing I think we get lost in society is like everybody's got to be the same and do the same and you get caught up in that man and it's like a rat race and it's like why why do i want all this you know if you really ask yourself why it's like well i don't know you know is it because so and so told you or you did it or is it truly sincerely like when i'm sitting here listening to you like man i'm pumped up like i go run a marathon right now just listen (laughs) because i'm like you're driven and you're determined and like you said you're intentional and you've got you you are creating life life is not creating you 
There you go. That's exactly how it needs to be. Because again, you don't want to, if, if you live life on default, you're going to get what life gives you. Okay. And you know, the, the deal, the way I keep track is I just keep track of these vision boards and my visions keep getting bigger and bigger. I'll go, we'll go back and look at them every January. I mean, the kids, they, cause they've got theirs too. That's and awesome. We take a look at it. It's um, and, and then we tweak it, right? If yeah. you can tweak it anytime. But the thing is, too, is a lot of times during I was for a long time, I felt, you know, I was living somebody else's uh, version of my life for them. And I, you know, once you, you can't do that, you, you know, there, here's another thing. And I tell my kids this. I'm not telling anybody else this that I would tell my kids, but I don't put my happiness on anybody outside of me. OK, because if you do. Well, then your happiness is a new horse. Your happiness is winning a chance. Your happiness is, uh, you know, a bunch of these things you can't the really outcome. control. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And if it doesn't happen, well, then you had a bad day. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. What if, what if you're happy on the inside? You're happy with who you are, the decisions you're making, your character, the integrity you have. You know you've put in the work. You know that you're giving it the best you can. And should the outcome not come your way, and it was your fault or whatever, then you work on that. But dang it, just remember, there's $60,000 to win tomorrow. And we're going to do that. We'll just do it tomorrow then. And uh, so, you know, I've told my kids, I'm like, hey, don't don't put your happiness on your dad. Don't put it on your mom. Don't do that. You guys got to be happy on the inside. Don't worry about the car you're driving. Don't worry about the friends you don't have or the clothes you don't have. Because uh, it's not, that's not what it is. I, I tell my kids things that I wish I would have known when I was their age. Mm-hmm. Now, they can go and do things that they want. Like my daughter, it was last year and this year, she puts on their win a state championship in soccer. They play 4A here in Stephenville. They made it to the championship game this year. But, uh, you know, not only do you set those goals, it's like, what's it going to take? Mm-hmm. We're not drinking folks. We're going to practice. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And even if you don't hit the goal, there's 169 4A schools in the state of Texas. And on that day that Stephenville played Salina, there was 167 watching, and it wasn't Stephenville. Stephenville, That's awesome. you know. So it's it's just um, you you got to do your you got to have your own story. You've got to yeah. shoot for your own stars, and then you go and find somebody. If somebody's breakaway roping and they're not enjoying it, and they're not having success, and they would rather be a team roper. That's what you need to be doing. Yeah. Don't don't waste your time. Now, if you're seeing this as another opportunity and this is something you want to do, then do it. Because I'm going to tell you, like me, I go to this auction deal. I've had guys tell me, you're 42 years old. I thought I was old when I was 21. And I'm like, (laughs) sit back and watch. And uh, (laughs) Non-believers? Yeah, I'll make you a believer right now. I'll get you to raise your hand right here. Uh I'll get you, you know. But it's, uh, and you know, it's good to have that too. It's good to have people come up and adversities and all that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have winning stories. But uh, I'm looking at a deal right now that says conduct four benefit auctions by the end of the year. I've got, I told you, a five already. And, you know, it's just, it's just, um, it's just going and doing what you're supposed to do, but you got to pick. You can't yeah. pick and then, well, next tomorrow I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Like my buddy, I had a Paul Moya and he's, he's a, he's a big time keynote speaker. He's a, uh, graduated from Notre Dame. He's a, shoot, a Rhodes scholar, graduated from Harvard. This or that. He gives a lot of keynotes and he's 30 something years old. And, uh, I talked to him the other day and he says, man, if you picked your lane, I said, man, I've got my lane picked and I, that's where we're at. And, uh, but you got to surround yourself with some good people. And the other thing, Jordan, don't tell everybody what you're doing. Uh, mm-hmm. People take your energy away and they don't mean it. Some of the most, your closest friends, you could tell them you want to be the world's champion. Uh, well, you can't do that. You don't have the horse or, Hey, maybe we need to get you a better horse. Now it's all this, you know, they're trying to help solve a solution for you and they mean, well, just do it. Don't, don't, don't tell anybody. Heck, I got to the point, one of the other deals that I learned is not to tell anybody anything. I used to tell, hey, I got this opportunity. I got that opportunity. This one's coming up. Jordan, they don't know now until it happens. Yep. Maybe. Well, don't. And, and I think it's too, it's like if you, 
I heard the other day, I can't remember where it came from. It was one of the best things I heard. And it was like a slap in the face, but it was so good for me because it said, you attract what you value. Mm -hmm. So the words, the people, all the things, the, like you're saying, your identity, what you believe, all those things, whatever you value, you attract good or bad. And I was like, ooh. You know, it was great. I was like, this is awesome. But still, it's like I took a step back and and I had to reevaluate and do some different things. And, you know, when we say this stuff, it's like, don't think this is easy. And that's another thing I want to touch on. Like, I'm so thankful before you talked about this, you were like, hey, I was going through the worst, like probably the toughest time in my life. I was doing some soul searching, like even a little similar to my story, like until the last, I'm going to say year. I didn't make my, I didn't make decisions because it benefited me. It was always, always, always about somebody else mm-hmm. and going through those valleys and the defeats and the letdowns and all those things, it sucked. And it's, you know, you, you, you always want to avoid those things. It's like we try our best to get out of those things. But those are the things that refine us through the fire absolutely, and, and get us to where we are. And so then it's a cool place to look back and be like, I'm thankful for that trial, for that challenge, yeah. for that, you know, obstacle, because that that's why it brought me here, just like you. And then even the obstacles to come, you know, Graham Cook, I love him. I listen to him a lot. He's a, he's a preacher, uh, well, a pastor, I should say. And he always says, if you have a problem, God has a bigger answer. So call your friend and be like, guess what? I've got a huge problem and God is going to fix it. Nah, 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 nah. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're just right. a different perspective. So I don't know. I think that's kind of cool, but I love how you talked about your adversity and how it helped to get you where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just one of those deals, Jordan, where it, 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 you know, it sounds easy and it's not, and that's the mm-hmm. beauty of it. And the thing too, is if when a person becomes aware of stuff, a lot of this stuff a person didn't have to go through because a lot of my things were self-inflicted yep. and because it was again, living by default, you know, you think you gotta go do this and you gotta go do that. Hell, you don't have to do nothing. Yep. And uh, you find out what's going to give you the biggest return because I mean, that's, if you, you want to be happy, do, do what makes you happy. Uh, you know, there's rules there, but it's, uh, it's, uh, you just make sure everything's in line and you've done your homework and, and you tweak it, you tweak it and just stay, stay intentional. Yeah. I love that. That's a great word is intentional, you know, and I think that you can work backwards from there, you know, start at the intentional and then work backwards, intentional in yeah. your, your life, your relationships, your, your jobs, you know, whatever that may be, your family, um, all of those things. And, and, but one thing I love, and you said it over and over again, like you come back to your foundation. One of the things you did through those years that, or the year, whatever, that you went through that trial, you built this foundation and you're like, this is where, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I come back to. And then mm-hmm. that training you were talking about. So if you could give somebody that's going through some things right now, um, any kind of tip or incentive or how you, you know, kind of created your process, what would you share with them today? Absolutely. I took it from my mind and I wrote it down. Okay, so if somebody's going through some adversity, whether it's you know it's a a, a relationship type, the other one you have to be a sport or rodeo or team up. It's just something that's you know because we all life we things. All, life things, yeah. We're just human, right? First off, you're human, so congratulations. You're going through something. You know, <laughs> welcome to the fall. Not really alone. You've got you've got you know if you don't have a circle around you, um, and you know it's like like my deal. I you know I had my sister. To, to help me. I had one cl- really close person and been thankful for her. Uh, but you know, a, this, this took some work. I had to sit and I had to study. I had to reflect. I had to, I had to cross. There was some, some bad nights and we were crossing some roaring waters, you know, but you just mm-hmm. know that that goal, you know, that that's coming and you just keep working at it. Um, and I, I mean, when I'm when working at it, if you're, if you're battling your mind, that's where the work's got to come in. Yep. It's got to be like those thoughts. No, that's not me. That's not it. You know what? I, if I made a bad decision, if it's a bad decision, it was made, 
you know what, we're going to rectify this. It is just a bad call and let's go. And, uh, but you have to, you've got to train your mind and it takes work and it is not easy. So anybody that's going through that, you know, just, just work on that mind. Really, don't let any of those bad thoughts come through. That say you're you're a worse off person for this. Go drink you another beer. You know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna fix it anyway. Go have you another one. Take you another shot. Uh, don't don't believe that stuff. Don't. And yeah. just know that you're just gonna have to keep fighting. Get get there to where um, you can you know get around. You want to get around some people that are can interested. One and if not, find a find you a good church with a pastor because those guys are there to listen. Uh, the other thing is is don't tell don't if you got something you're going through, you be careful who you tell those problems to because mm-hmm. not everybody's there to try to help you. Yep. Um, and some people they'd rather hear it than than help you. So be careful. Keep you. At, and if you'll, you'll know the ones you can tell, you know, the ones you better, just better not. You just tell them it's all, all right. Cause that's where you're headed anyway. You're not okay right now, but you will be. Uh, but it is, it, it's tough. Cause it, I was there for about two or three years, to tell you the truth. And it took a river and it was a, it was a, it was a bear to fight, but, uh, but we got through it and, and anybody can do it. And heck, you know, a lot of times everyone's like, you're always so happy and you got this and, uh, you, you make it so much fun. And those two, I, I just had something going on that I needed to get it done. And I was figuring it out and going through there and finally made it and came out better for it. So that's the other thing. You'll come out better for it. So whoever's out there listening, don't, don't think you ain't going to come out better for it. It may take time and it may take a little bit more than you want, but just keep fighting it. Yeah. Cause it is, well, it ends up being worth it. It is worth it. And, you know, one thing for me is, has been a a foundational thing. And, you know, I grew up going to church. We went to church on Sundays um, and, you know, we said the prayer before we ate and everything. And and that was good, but I never really personally made the choice to have a relationship with Jesus, honestly. Like I just, Mm -hmm. it was something that, you know, I wore a cross and, and I went to church and then I was the other me six days out of the week, you know, and, (laughs) really making that choice, just like you're talking about making the choice. But for me, that's where the foundation comes in. Like you're talking at. So this morning I'm going through Psalms right now. I'm reading through there and Psalms 12 said for every word God speaks is sure. And every promise true. His truth is tested, found to be flawless and ever faithful. It's pure as silver refined seven times in a crucible of clay. Um, But just knowing that I'm not, I'm human. I'm not perfect. There's no way God is his word is true. His word is faithful. So for me, that has been something that through all the valleys I've been through myself has been something that has been a staple for me to come back to. Not that it Mm -hmm. may it, not that it's just easy in any time, but it's like, I trust it. I believe it. And I can stand on it through the good and the bad. And that's been something for me. That's been super helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. If I get to, uh, Cause I, there's times that, you know, you can get down and people are complaining about this. And I hit that Ephesians five, four, don't do it. Don't say anything to say how thankful you are. And it's like, man, shut them down. It's yeah. It's just like, if someone's complaining about this and that and the cattle, this and that, you know what? Well, I'm just glad to be here. You know, I can't, Hey, we'll see you out there, man. Good luck yeah. today. I'll, I'll show you how to rope the dragger, you know? <laughs> 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 that's so true well and I think that's great advice too because it's like you know that's where I learn is these tidbits it's like it's okay give yourself permission like you don't have to be rude just yeah. walk away be like hey man have a great day see you later you know yeah. gotta go to the restroom whatever uh car's on fire going through a tunnel right I mean make up excuse you know gotta go get grandma but whatever it is like yeah. you know just don't, get out of there. there don't sit there with them Shoot, you'd be thinking everything's wrong. But yeah, the, you, you know, and the other thing too, like going back real quick, Jordan, on what would you tell somebody? is like, well, what would you tell somebody? Like if, if you had a friend that made a mistake and they are down, how are you going to talk to them? Hey, you're good. Come on. We're going to sit through this. We're going to get it figured out. That's how you mm-hmm. talk to yourself. Give yourself grace. Give yeah. yourself grace. Talk to you. Talk to yourself like you would your best friend that messed up. Hey, hey, man, bad break. Let's go. Come on. Don't do that. Don't do that again. Well, learning to love yourself, you know, I I mean, 
that's the big it, it's and i think it's overlooked and like oh, i don't need that but you do like you said your happiness has to come from you it has to it has to and everybody says that and it's all this and all and, you know people will be like this or that but i tell you what try it on <laughs> yeah you gotta live it you gotta try it on it. try it on yeah. well one thing which i know we we've kind of I touched on this the whole like last little half, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because I ask everybody on my show, if you had to go back and tell your younger self one thing, what would it be and why? Wow. That seems like so many moons ago. It's like, it, I don't even know that guy anymore. Well, I mean, you just a little bit of gray in your beard. So, I mean, don't, don't like age yourself so much. So, <laughs> yeah. Kind of. That but. younger guy, I'm going back to that 18 year old guy that, Boy, you, you just had a had an inkling of an idea, and wow, all that worry and everything that I put into—I don't worry as much anymore, Jordan. Uh, so I would tell that younger guy if I could go back and just tell him and just live kind of now, I'd be like, "Don't worry about three quarters of the stuff you've worried about, because first off, it all most of it was created in my mind." I was a worry, boy, I would worry about anything. And, uh, and I was concerned a lot about what people thought of me. So I tell that person, don't, don't worry that much, find it out, find that intent and, and write it down, write all the things down you wanted to do, figure out how you're going to do them and just start walking that way. Start walking. Cause I, I overthought everything. And, uh, and that was not it. That didn't that didn't treat me so well. And that wasted a lot of time. That well, I beg to differ. I mean, I think it's a good I think it's a good advice. But I also beg to differ because you are right where you're supposed to be right in this moment because of what you've been through. Right. Yeah. There's some. Yeah. Yeah. I and you still you have lots of lots of time in front of you, even though you are old. I mean, you, you're kind of getting married. Right? <laughs> but then, yeah. too, not even just that. Like one thing I want to applaud you for, which I'm not a parent, but you're raising your kids. You're changing the trajectory. You're making the change. You're raising your kids the way you see yourself now and how you want them to yeah. see themselves. And that that is something that's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of them. I've, I've got um We've got three of them out of all three of them. They've all, they've all accomplished a lot. They're good kids and they're making good decisions. And I tell them, Hey, look, that's all you got to do is make some good decisions. And Hey, this is how you need to think. This is how you need to talk. This is where you need to get to. And they've paid attention. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, as, as a parent that does feel good. Now their kids, you know, things can happen at any time, but you just, just love them. And uh but, uh, but yeah, it's been, like I said before, I've, I've told them everything I wish that I would have known. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they, they take with it from there. I mean, they're going to come of age one of these days where they're accountable and, and hopefully they have something that they can fall back on. So if they get into a situation, Oh, I remember when I did this, or when I do this, we got this outcome, mm-hmm. but this is how we got to do it. And they can fall back to that level of training. Right. Right. I, when you don't, when you don't have that level of training again, you just, hell, you're just flailing. You don't know. It's just like watching some young girl back in the box and she, you, well, I'll, I'll use my dad, for example, he didn't grow up team rope. He wanted it so bad, Jordan. He was in Las Vegas, New Mexico. He shows up to a team rope electrical tape on his horn. Cause that's what he thought everybody else had. And Leroy Lucero, Martin Lucero, uh-huh. uh-huh. seen him and he called my dad Darvin and he called me little Darvin. And I don't know why. Oh, gosh. But he says, hey, Darvin, you want to learn how to rope? I do. OK, well, come on. So I, I don't know how old he was, 17, 18 years old. And uh, back in the old number systems, well, uh, you know, he got to a five, which would be a seven today. Mm-hmm. in you know the new system but it was he didn't know right <laughs> and uh one of the petskas is quoted to say that i don't know if it's if it was monty joe or who somebody told me this and i always think of this you can only teach your kids all you know yeah and that sticks with me because i had somebody the other day like my boy eli he can run heavy equipment he can drive a skid steer he can he, he whatever it is he's 12 yeah and he goes and hangs out with his buddy 
Well, and I'm, and I'm proud of him for that. And this person, an individual had asked me, they said, well, doesn't that bother you that he knows how to do more than you? I said, no. I said, uh-huh. I don't want to drive a skid steer. I don't give a dang about driving one. Kid wants to go do that. I like going and doing this stuff. I said, I'm going to give him the opportunity to be around people that are knowledgeable, good, and they can do it. If that kid ever, if any of my kids ever want to start rodeo, if Bella wants to break away, I'm calling Jordan. Jordan, I got a daughter. She needs the help. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Hey, yeah, I can. Or no, hey, let me tell you who can. You know, because I know it's available. Eli, my other boy, wants to go rope. I'm going to call Kevin Stewart. Kevin, I got a boy that needs to learn horsemanship and how to rope. Can you help you know, I've got I've got a younger boy. He may want I don't know what he wants to do. Play basketball. And uh, hey, hey, guys, who, who's a good coach that can help an eight year old kid how to do something right? Yeah, I want them to go learn stuff that I was never had the opportunity to do and wanted to, because when you surround yourself around the right people, you get the right outcome. Yep. That's that's my parenting advice too. Now don't be so wanting to hold on to to this or that that you don't let them go. And then that holds. You know, for me, it works. I, I want them to go experience that. Uh, if and I want them to do it in the right way. Otherwise, it's just frustrating. Well, and I mean, at the end of the day, you know what what your foundation is and what your basis and where you're at, doing what's right that's something that means something to you and your family. And you, you can live with that. You can go to sleep with that. You can, you can sleep easy all night long doing the right thing. And, and that's what, that's what you built your family on. And so, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. No, no, it's good. It's uh, shoot. I'm that's the other deal. It's working. So it's, it's good for me. And it, again, what works for me doesn't work for everybody else, but I know that you have to, you have to have some foundation that you can fall back on and and work from there because once the the heat is on you've got you're going to default to your level of training yeah well and i think the biggest thing that you know i mean i got i got three pages of notes here farron but the biggest thing i got out of today was that you know do what's right for you but then also like it you know just it doesn't have to be perfect but you do need to be intentional you know, make yes. that stand, make those vision boards, you know, yep. be, be intentional, make your decision. You belong, but it doesn't, you know, it's got to be what's right for you and and you got to take it and run with it, you know, and be your own individual person. Be you, mm-hmm. not conform yeah. to anybody else. Stand out, be yourself. <laughs> I'll tell you one more story. And it's another kid's story. It's funny what you learn from these kids. We went to Disney World last year. And my youngest, he likes Star Wars. And I, I still get to see a whole Star Wars movie. I don't like Star Wars. But <laughs> there's a ride there. And on that ride, you can control the spaceship. And he, they let him control the spaceship. And then Eli, my other boy, he's on the right side. He has to fix things. My daughter, Bella, is to my left. And uh, there's another lady that's our guide. And then this other guy that gets in there with us anyway. Ace is flying this thing and he's not doing a very good job, but he is <laughs> laughing. He doesn't care. And I mean, I just watched him and I was like, that's how you're supposed to do this. Yeah. You've got to live like that. <laughs> he is struggling the whole way with the biggest smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Just living in the moment. And I'm like, boy, if we could just get that kind of youthfulness back, that's how you do it. So now, from that trip, I mean, like a lot of things have just kind of really just started hitting for me here in the last few years. But just that trip from last year, the other day I got asked to do an event. An announcer got sick and there's billionaires in the room, three or four billionaires. And I was nervous, Jordan. And I've been doing this for a long time. And I thought about that kid and how he was laughing and how he was living that day. And I thought, you know what? I want to invite these guys into my world. This is how I have fun. And we had us show. Awesome. But they, the, all the billionaires, I'm not kidding you. There's three or four of them sitting to my right. All of them. And when it was done, Jordan, they come and shook my hand and said, great job. That's awesome. And, but I went back. I went back just to watch him. When I was watching uh-huh. him, having fun, just fun. not knowing what the hell was going on, but having a blast. <laughs> and I thought, that's how I'm going to do it. That's well, and that, just the simplicity of the joy there, you know. Yes. Yeah. 
I remember when you were talking about my sister earlier, one thing, like when you say that, my sister would, when she was little, for no reason, she'd just be sitting there and just belly laugh. I mean, for no reason. That's the best kind of laugh. I mean, and and it would just like, it was just contagious, you know, and I won't ever forget that about her. She always, she just, I mean, for no reason, she, and just get to laughing so hard. But yeah, I mean, just the joy and the simplicity of it. And, you know, just bringing that back into perspective of what we're doing, you know, we can't take it so serious all the time. Life is great. And and that's a great perspective to live, you know, childlike faith and childlike eyes. That's good. Yes. Yeah, that's the deal. So I learn a lot from them too. Well, good. Well, Farron, it's been awesome to talk to you today. Thank you for just, you know, sharing your story, what you're doing, but just being so raw and real with us. You know, I think that that's the biggest thing that helps me. I know I've got a lot out of this, but you guys, if you want to reach out to Farron and get in touch with him, you can talk to him at inf if you want to email him. He's on all social platforms, but email is info at farronlucero.com. Uh, you guys, this is a great person in and out of the arena. And, you know, I'm just excited to see all of the events that you've got coming up, all the lives or the auction benefits that are coming your way, Farron. And I think it's just going to be a great, great next couple of years for you. Well, Jordan, thank you. And thanks for the interview. I appreciate you taking the time and asking, and I'm proud of you. Great job on everything that you've got going and what you're doing. So you keep it up too. Thanks. Because we're all, we're all watching. Good job. Thank you for joining us on In The Loop Breakaway Roping Podcast. I truly appreciate all of your loyal support. Don't forget to leave me a review, share this episode with a friend, and if you have any questions, I want to hear from you. Email me at jordan at thebreakawayropingpodcast.com. Go check us out, sign up for our newsletter, get our email alerts, text alerts, and all things breakaway roping. I appreciate you guys, and I'll see you down the road.